You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 179, Space Truckin' Isolated Tracks. And coming to you from the back-to-school suburbs of Chicago, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John Still Twitchin' Matola. Oh, come on, you're twitching again? It's back. It's back. <laughs> you need to get that irritated eye guy. Ah! <laughs> Son of a man! <laughs> the packaging with the guy. Oh! God damn it. Oh, man. Did I, did I send you a picture of that? You no, should, you like, just told me. You know what? I don't even want to see a picture of it. What I'm imagining is probably better than what it actually is. Oh, somebody so, help me. Dr. Breeze, help. <laughs> so like, how long has it been going on this time? Oh, it's, I don't know. It's because I remember it was like, it was starting to taper off this time last year because that's when I came out there to your house for the first time. And uh, I think that's when I had gotten the eye drops for it and it was like not as bad, but it was like, I don't know, maybe this is like a yearly tradition. (laughs) And and, what a great tradition. But this year you didn't come here, so it's not going to resolve itself. Oh, that was God. that was what fixed it, and um, we're actually talking right now. What we would be at the White Snake concert right now if it hadn't uh, been canceled. Um, God damn it! But instead, we are recording an episode, which is j- j- almost as good. I mean, this is what we were planning, except that, like you know, originally I would be sitting next to you, yes. um, or behind you, or something, probably with or like ne- a next to me, but we'd be booze. watching White White Snake right now. But- <laughs> Or maybe scorpions would be on by now. I don't know, but oh yeah, we don't know. Um, or or uh, or I if I had st- I still plan to come out there, then I'd be sitting there with a big bottle of wine and kind of kind of leaning against leaning against something or leaning against the hanging on to the mic like you know Coverdale style, like you know in in homage. But um, but yeah, you know we're still doing our thing, and that's that's good. It's uh it's too bad that we had to cancel, but that's okay. You know we're still. Still here. We're still still in the grind. That's right. That's right. Getting these episodes done. And hey, listen, if you want to uh, help support the show, you can do so a number of ways. One is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, two is by buying some merch at our Etsy store. We have t-shirts and mugs available. And three, you can become a patron on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month. You can help support the show. Um, you can also donate uh, using Cash App at dollar sign D-P-P-O-D. And uh, speaking of patrons, hey-o! hey So Fielding Fowler and his extended clan are all upgrading. So, um, so he writes a note. He said, I was thinking the made-up name tier is all wrong for Spike and his mom since those are their actual names. I bumped them up to $3.33 each. Not to be outdone, I am starting the new Nice Price tier at $6.99. Maybe my mates in the original Nice Price tier will give into fl- inflation and come along for the ride. Thanks for the dedication each week. So thank you, Fielding Fowler and family. We appreciate that. The Fielding Fowler family. Triple F. And <laughs> and you see, and that's also the sixth letter of the alphabet, so 666. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's some quick thinking there. Did, well, I, 
Yeah, I know. It's um, pretending to be satanic in high school was uh, taught me that little. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was like a big thing. Any anyone who was into like the kind of music we were, you'd, you'd pretend to be satanic. I know. Is with all the imagery and everything, it's like a, you know. <laughs> but um, we were, you know, we were just talking about that um, when when you read that part about um, thanks for the dedication. I think we were were we talking about it? We were just like, we, we cannot miss an episode. Oh yeah. It's not an option. Like, like we've been, we've been very, we've been dangerously close to like Mm -hmm. missing or, you know, not having any backup episodes and, you know, we're, you know, we're grinding it out and it's just like, yeah, well, I mean, we, we have patrons, you know, so I feel that's like, you know, a good motivation too, because there are people that are generous enough to donate and the least we can do is be, you know, uh, remain consistent. So, yeah. And I think like, like I've said, I think I've said before in the show, I, I, I know what my favorite podcasts are that come out and what days of the week they come out. And when they don't come out, I'm like, ah, oh man, it's like a part of my week is missing. It's not like I'm mad at them or I stop listening, but, um, yeah. There's, you know, and obviously there's good reasons for, you know, there's there's other shows that are very regular and maybe they miss one here and there. It's not a big deal. But uh, for, for me, I, you know, I like that. It's 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 good to not break the chain and just, just keep it keep it going now as three and a half years later. Still be still wow. be rocking it. And as we um, approach the holidays, too, we generally take most of December off. Um, mm-hmm. so because just, for, just because we're so busy with the holidays with between work and personal life and everything. So, um, mm-hmm. so typically September is the time of year where we're like, well, shit, we better start get banking some episodes, do, do a couple episode weeks here and there, start banking yeah. them up. And, and also if something happens, if one of us got sick or had an emergency, you know, then you have that buffer and say, oh, if we, it's okay to take a week or two off and then we can regroup. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a dual purpose, but yeah, this time of year is our, is our big time when we start banking episodes for the holidays. So. Boom. Yep. This is our, um, yeah, this is our Christmas club, so to speak. Yeah, Christmas exactly. club account we're depositing. <laughs> yeah, we, just, yeah. we put a little <laughs> bit in there and then we get to take a December off. Um, mm. But hey, uh, yeah, thanks, Fielding. I really appreciate that. He said he was just recently in Vegas. Uh, so he said he did pretty well in Vegas. So maybe that has something to do with our increase. So maybe more right. more patrons should go to Vegas. Um uh, well, as long as they do good, but maybe uh, patrons canceling. I went to Vegas. It didn't go so well. We're canceling or, or uh, everybody withdraws. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> it could backfire on us. Uh, but speaking of patrons, hey, oh, we got another one. Scott Zerns is joining us at the five dollar money lender tier. Uh, so Scott's been uh, he's been all over kind of social media from the uh, forever. Um, uh, so I know the name very well. Uh, it says just signed up for the five dollar money lender tier. You guys always do an outstanding job and look forward to every Monday's new show. Great listen to and from my job. Also, while jogging and doing yard work, you and John never disappoint. The knowledge and insight oh. you both bring give me more appreciation for this band I have followed for about 40 years now. Always something more to learn from the show. I plan on hopefully launching my own band dedicated podcast in the near future, just trying to iron out the technical side of it. Thanks again for uh, thanks again for uh, what you guys do. So thanks a lot for that. Scott. Nice. Appreciate it. And he just, um, I just saw him uh, introduce himself in the Discord today, I think, right? That's right, which That's is a good him. opportunity to talk about if, if you join us, um, uh, if you join us as a patron uh, via PayPal or Patreon, uh, you gain access to our patrons only Discord where there's lots of interesting chat. Uh, uh, Purple Maniac has been, has been laying out all of his, his deep purple themed 
drink recipes. Oh man, I like not only first of all, not <laughs> only like anybody that's read that that is a patron. Not only do those sound good, and that's dedication for him to be that detailed with them. But I think I had like, after he had like come up with all the final cocktails, I'm like, I think I got wasted just reading all that. <laughs> it was, I mean, some of them sounded really good. I mean, he's like, he's very active on there. Like he's got a lot to say. Very, very cool and interesting guy. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more, if you wanted to actually make all those drinks, you might need your own patrons just to fund your, uh, bar expense. <laughs> Cause all of those like specialty, if you, <laughs> there's some specialty liqueurs in there and everything. And, um, I got a pretty good collection of bottles, but I'm pretty sure I'd have to spend at least 80 or a hundred dollars to, uh, start making some of those drinks. Uh, yeah. but they sound good. We should, we should make, maybe one, one, one episode. We should take a look and find one and, and try it out. Of course, then we'd both have to buy them. <laughs> We'll blow like the entire month's patron money on buying uh, stocking our own bars to make the drinks. But I mean, we were also like we were like there were there were some like I mean, those were like really serious ones. Like he was coming up with some real like craft like cocktail type things. But then like, you know, occasionally we were throwing in funny ones. Yeah. Like, oh, the like the Coverdale, like, you know, like, you know, oysters and like, you know, like Rohypnol or something. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I can't remember. I'm trying you know to scroll I mean? back like, and find some. Like, you should sign up for the patron, and you can get have access to this exclusive uh, list of this exclusive content. <laughs> um, but yeah, some good yeah, stuff here. But I mean, there were some there were some real ones in there. But we did a we were like doing a couple of funny ones at one point because uh, I'm in and out of that. Sometimes when I'm at work, like uh, my the Discord will be blowing up, and I'll like be like, <laughs> like you have seventy five. <laughs> missed messages to go back and read and I'm like damn it yep um and so at that time I can't really participate but when I do it's fun so yeah it, it totally and, is and we even had some uh conversations in there about uh, other bands um I think I had like picked up the ball and ran with some uh kiss convos in there because um the yep. discord is good because they have like they're a different you know you have a uh latest episode one, a general chat one, like an introduction one. So it's like, you know, you can go under the tab that you want and, you know, you don't have to be, if you don't want to talk about something that's not purple related or the, the latest episode or whatever, you don't have to, you know, sort through all of it to, you know, get to whatever you want to talk about. So, yep. And then we have, um, some of our, when, when we live, live stream episodes, Mm. which we do periodically, maybe averaging lately, maybe once a month. Um, then we, uh, we put up, we put a note out to the discord and let our patrons sign on and watch. Cause we were doing it on YouTube, but it's just, we, we kept getting kicked off for copyright things. So we figure we'll just, uh, we can put it there for our, for our patrons out there. So, um, yeah, lots of fun stuff. Um, also you can get, uh, access to our rating spreadsheet. If you want to check that out, uh, as a patron, you get access to that as well. Uh, but speaking of our patrons, we want to thank our executive level patrons coming in at the $25 Uncommon Man tier. We have Ovis Nakfi and Purple Maniac. At the $20 What's Going On Here tier, we have Richard Fusey. At the £10 tier, Dr. Jill Brees. At the Turn It Up to $11 tier, we have Clay Wambacher, Frank Teelgard Mortensen, Alan Ain't Too Proud to Beg, and Mikkel Steen. And at the $10 Someone Came tier, Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, Better Call Saul Evans, and Kev Roberts and his wonderful children, Matthew, Gareth, and Sarah. Thank you so much to all of you. For your generous support of the Deep Purple podcast. All right. Well, I, I found one, I found one of these. Oh, one of the recipes. You're just gonna yeah, give it the, up for okay. The first one's free, 
And then um, you have to sign up for the Discord to get the the, the backlog of the Boston old okay. Boston. Was it old Mister Boston, the the bartending book? Old Mister <laughs> oh, Boston, yeah, yeah, something with like the top that. hat and the monocle, or maybe... <laughs> wasn't that the Monopoly guy? Yeah, I mean it was the same <laughs> same kind of look. Old Mister Boston, I'm looking. Okay, up. it was that was well, like this the, is the the bartender's guide, and he had like a he had a he had a top I hat. I, and did, I want to imagine he had a monocle, but I might just be making that up. <laughs> Um, so this is all right. This is just one. This was one of the funny ones. The da- this is Purple Maniac, the David Coverdale, a body shot of Jaeger from a cocktail waitress's cleavage. <laughs> and I commented, you could also call this one David Coverdale's White Snake. Yeah, Two separate words. <laughs> and then um, said Coverdale has endless options uh, to which. You know, after that, I don't remember if we said anything, I feel like um we could have gone down that road, but didn't. But for more purple cocktails, join the Discord. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, yeah, you can check out deepdivepodcastnetwork.com uh, for all of our brother and sister shows. Um, uh, shows about uh, other shows in kind of the same vein as us. We all kind of band together and help each other out. And uh, band uh, shows about all sorts of bands. Like we got Black Sabbath, Leonard Skinner, Queen, um, we've got Hawkwind, Uriah Heep, Iron Maiden, Ozzy, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Judas Priest. What else have we got? Van Halen, Aerosmith, Megadeth, and Tom Petty. <laughs> Megadeth and Tom Petty usually aren't that close together when you're mentioning things. But we <laughs> That's did have the closest a really, they've ever been. <laughs> did you see? Uh, I forgot where it was, but we were talking about somebody posted something about the bullet belt. Remember the bullet belt? Yeah, I forgot who what, what it was. One of the other podcasts who who mentioned something. It was like it, what it was. Somebody you wouldn't maybe necessarily be the first person to think would be wearing a bullet belt. So I found a picture of Roger Glover wearing a bullet belt. Whoa! And I was like, wow, like you know, because then obviously Dave Mustaine came up. He's kind of the first person I think of. I really wanted a bullet belt in like 1990. Yeah. I was like, I want one of those. Lemmy wore those from Motorhead. He was. Oh yeah. He was a bullet belt guy. But there was a lot of bullet belts. So 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 I found the one of I remembered this one of Roger Glover, so I found that and brought it up. And I said, Hey, we should see if everyone in the network's got somebody with a with a bullet belt. I said, and I was like, haha, Tom Petty's probably gonna have a hard time uh participating in this one. And like three seconds later, boom, picture of Tom Petty wearing a bullet belt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's uh yeah, I think we could probably have, you know. Black Sabbath is probably easy to find a picture of them. We were fe- we we were joking because like Leonard Skinner seems like a shoe in for finding a picture of them in a bullet belt, but we couldn't find one quickly. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm. it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I really I really wanted one too, but I wound up getting the um, the one with like the little the little silver studs in it instead. Mm, yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Because I had that and I had the the fringe leather jacket and. Yeah. There, do you remember Buddha's Bazaar? Yeah. So Buddha's Bazaar was this wow. shop in my hometown, um, and you'd go in, wow. and it was like a glass case with like all of these like 
you know, it, all back patches and like um, mm-hmm. metal, like, you know, like what you described, like, like one of those bracelets with the studs, the belts with the studs. And they had a bullet belt. And I can't remember how much it was, but I was like, I'm going to save my money for that. And then I just never ended up closing. But you'd be there. And then if you wandered a few counters down, it was like just loaded up with like dildos and all sorts <laughs> of sex toys. And then if you went into the back room, it was just... This immense, like in my mind, it was like an airport hangar, but I'm sure it wasn't that big. But just, just dirt, like filthy, double, like filthy uh, pornography um, videos as far VHS as far as the eye could see, and like it, it's in my mind, it's like that. Uh, it's like where they brought the Ark of the Covenant at the end of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It just it goes on forever. Like just the shelf, like I didn't know they made shelves this long. You just on to infinity, like you know. Like ass bandits twenty seven and all these crazy like just, as far and it's funny like we're just walking around in there as like as like preteens teenagers and they're just like yeah just it's okay like nobody ever said anything nobody was ever like we but it was funny because we, we kind of like we got to that point where it was the back room with all the porn and we're, we knew kind of like hey we shouldn't go in there but there was nobody there was nobody there being like hey don't go back there it was just like we just felt like we probably shouldn't. Um, but yeah. all the you know, all the dildos and sex swings were those were just open to the public. Anyone could look at those. So what was so what did they like? Uh, they they get bankrolled and uh, change their name to Spencer's. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I it's, mean, such a, was... it's such a strange thing because it was like it started off as kind of harmless. Like, hey, this is stuff for any anybody, and then it's like you know we're all kids in there it would be like you know all just you know you know a gaggle of us would walk in and we'd be like cool yeah let's get this studded belt let's get a let's get a metallica back patch and oh what's this thing <laughs> what does this do <laughs> what is this a baseball bat like <laughs> i mean i had a we, we need had a sex st- ed class when you had buddha's bazaar <laughs> like i don't remember I can't for the life of me. I can't. And it was before I met any of you guys. And I had one of those stores and I talked about it a really early episode that was in my hometown, which was in like, you know, one of these strip mall plazas or whatever. And a really old guy was the owner. Mm -hmm. And he had like a teenage girl working in there, which I thinking back, it was like really out there because like. To me, the guy looked like he was probably in his 70s, but he was probably like friggin', you know, our age. 38. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, when I was in there, it was like it was the same thing, but without the, the sex stuff. It was yep. just all like metal stuff. It was like just like posters and back patches and, and studded belts and like uh, jewelry and like uh, like uh, the, the latest like cassettes and everything. And it was like the only place that I knew to get anything cool that I liked and um, uh, from the bands that I liked and everything. And I just remember just being mesmerized with like pins, you know, from my jacket. And you just wanted it all. You wanted everything. Oh yeah. And actually, um, well, I have it back here. The, the, um, the kiss poster that I have from uh, creatures of the night. It's like a a pink background. Anybody that's a kiss fan probably knows what it is. That's the same one that I bought when I was like 14 or 15. And I've like one of the only ones that I was able to somehow not get lost. And I have it framed like on the side wall over here. Nice. Um, which is, which is pretty cool. And then across him at the Randy Rhodes poster, which is, I had to buy because, you know, it was the same one that I had bought from that same store too. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing was, is I think about it now and like when those came out, like the Randy Rhodes poster was like came out around the tribute, you know, around when tribute came out. So 
And the the Kiss one was probably from like 83. So you think about it, when I bought those, they were still like new because they were like, what, two, three, four, five years prior was when they like were new or they first came out. Like, I mean, a Randy tribute poster from like 87 and I bought it when I was like an 88 or 89. Yeah. You know, but I mean, unfortunately, that's not my original one from, you know, that I bought, but I'm glad I at least have this other one over here. There's still a little, you could see a mark that like I had it hanging on my bedroom door and my brother like defiled it, you know, but in an area where like he took a pen and he drew a little spiral on Gene's tongue. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I like, I chased him around the house. I was going to kill him. (laughs) Um, But you can't really see it. It's not like dark or anything, but you know, he... Oh, uh, well. Little brothers, that's what they're good. Mm. But remember, they used to have those posters and those big, like, like swinging, uh, yep. displays, and you just you'd be shoom, shoom, like moving these giant, like, metal arms that are holding the posters. And be like, ah, D four, and then you go in the like the box below you. There'd be a grid, yeah. and you'd be, ah, D four, and you'd slide it out and be like, I hope this is the one. <laughs> and the colors kind of look right, but um, <laughs> that was yeah, exactly. That was the best. Yeah, good memories. Yeah, but anyway, uh, before we get into the main meat of the episode, we got one more thing. We got one man's meat. <laughs> one man's meat is another man's postcard. That's right, folks. Postcards from the edge of Connecticut. All right, so this one coming to us. Uh, the postcard itself is not from Connecticut, but you can get a gander of this. So oh, yeah, it's uh, the. Oh, it's a Brooklyn Bridge. It's the Brooklyn Bridge, but it's it's an old postcard, or at least like a. a uh, facsimile. It mm. says, um, "It says the Great Suspension Bridge connecting New York and Brooklyn." I guess they thought that wasn't too snappy, and they changed it to the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> the Great Suspension <laughs> Bridge connecting New York and Brooklyn. It really flows off the tongue. Um, nah, too long. But this one it comes to <laughs> us, of course, from uh, Peter Gardot, and uh, the what it says on the back of the card. It says, "Nate, now here's a bridge for you." <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> so I don't know if he just stumbled upon this and <laughs> sent it in, but um, always great to hear from the Gardo. So. <laughs> I mean, combining two of our favorite things, Brooklyn and David Coverdale. Exactly. Uh, and Peter Gardo. Three of our favorite things. Three of our favorite things. Unbelievable. All right. So this week, folks, we are getting into... Um, isolated tracks for space trucking. So if you have not heard our other shows, we've done so, so far we've done two other ones. We did Mm -hmm. isolated tracks for burn and we did isolated tracks for highway star. And, uh, so yeah, so now we've got, I've got the, 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 the isolated tracks all queued up for space trucking. I thought that that would be a a fun one to do next. Um, and, and quite frankly, um, finding the isolated tracks for deep purple songs is not, terribly easy i don't have a ton more after this um i think i might only have one more and you could probably guess which song it is based on popularity um Um, (laughs) hmm. uh but uh but yeah it's really interesting kind of listening to these isolated tracks and i know we've gotten a lot of tons of really really great feedback on the previous two episodes we did on that where we just kind of very simply just kind of listen to the to the tracks isolated hear how they all fit in together and um uh, yeah, and hear things that we haven't really heard before. So, um, yeah, before I remember we... um, talking to uh, to Rich about one of the isolated track episodes, and it was you know you know even like you know uh, just uh, you know really big longtime fans. You know, he's like something about um, 
something that we picked up on. I think it was Roger's baseline, I think, in Highway Star. We were just like, yeah, oh, I yeah. never realized that, you know, and it's just like, so I think that's why people like it so much is because they are hearing the same things that we are that we're like, I, I never knew that. Yeah, Roger's baseline on Highway Star was just all over the place. And you don't even, you just think of it as a really straight ahead basic. He's like, he's like going all over the fretboard. It's mm. just incredible. Um, yeah, and before we uh, get fully into that, though, let's take this opportunity to thank our core level patrons. Coming in at the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier, we have Michael Vader. At the episode $6.66 tier, we have Steve Coldwell, Arthur Smith, and Anton Glaving. And at the, oh, you know what? Fielding should have been first. At the new nice price tier, coming in at $6.99, we have, hey patron upgrade Fielding Fowler. There we go. And at the $6.65 almost evil tier, Kenny Wymore. At the $5.99 nice price tier, we have Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois, and Michael Bagford and Carl Helberg. And at the $5 moneylender tier, we have John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Alman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, James North, Mark Hodgetts, Will Porter, Zwapper the Electric Alchemist, Tim Southern Cross Johnson, Percival Frequency, and... Hey, oh, new patron, Scott Zerns. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to change this in the spreadsheet right now. Now, there's so much. Um, so we've got a 699 tier, a 666 tier, and a 665 tier. Jeez. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of patronage. All right, moving fielding up to the, the 699 tier. Um, the new nice price. I wonder if it's called the bogus nice price. And we'll stick with new. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bogus no call it the new we want to be respectful new, yeah resp- yeah that's that's the that's what we chose to do for our episode on the new deep purple and that's the what new nice price tier featuring rod evans <laughs> uh, all right okay so here we go into the isolated tracks of course we generally kind of kick it off the way that uh, any good foundation of um of rock music is is kicked off and laid out and that is of course with the drum track so here we go got it queued all up in my audio program here let's uh let's take a listen so obviously it's going to be a bit of silence in the beginning because if you know the song it doesn't start off with drums right away so here's going to be when pacey kicks in So it's, so it's a really like um, dry so- sort of sound to the drums. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. And one of the thing we always pick up on this is when you when you listen to the individual parts, they usually don't sound on their own all that great. It's not really until you put them together and they all blend together that it sounds really good because right. they, they're EQ'd particular ways so they don't interfere with other frequencies and um, but uh, but a great little. Uh, little tom roll to kick it off Boom. and you hear, you hear that when he when he comes in and um yeah pacey just laying it down You can hear a little bit of a bleed um, mm-hmm. of the 
what's probably maybe it just sounds like just organ. Yeah, that's that's what I hear. Um, I mean, so far pretty straightforward. Yep, nothing uh, nothing too crazy. Let's uh, jump ahead here. Well, not jump ahead, but continue on here. Obviously well into the chorus here. Yeah. I mean, I don't imagine there's anyone listening that is not familiar with this song. <laughs> if you aren't, you're probably like, well, what the hell is this? I'm following along a little bit because I can hear the bleed from the organ. That snare was really sounding. Listen to that snare. Very, like, heavily compressed, very... It doesn't sound... Um, doesn't sound very big. It sounds kind of muffled and yeah, but I mean, it's, it's really, it sounds tight in the song when all the instruments are together. At least that's what I always thought. So to me, this doesn't really sound any, like, I'm not hearing any surprises in here. It's, you know, he's, he's laying down a pretty, pretty basic beat, but I mean, you can tell it's, it's, uh, it's pacey. So, and you can even tell just looking at the waveform too, that it's, you know, if this was done with a um, cut and paste job or with a good drum machine, you'd see how much more level it is. But you can see where just some of his some of his um, snare fills, like you can see a snare fill coming up here where it goes, it peaks up a little higher than the previous one. That's probably leading into the next uh, next chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 obviously it's a real live drummer, no click track, uh, mm-hmm. done in the studio. be interesting to and i did find some other bands isolated tracks that we could get into like white snake and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and it's always usually the, the the bigger hit so obviously you can get the 87 here i go again but it'd be very interesting to compare this to like the 87 here i go again drum sound when you've got mm-hmm. this dry as a bone snare here and you're just gonna have this like reverb that lasts forever with some of that <laughs> 80s stuff like a, such a big difference yeah and probably not as much bleed through um, because just recording techniques and having more tracks and things like that. Sure. So that was interesting. I don't know if that was like a if they patched it in because there was like a maybe a mess up or something, but you could hear the bleed cut out for a few of those parts. And then the maybe. drum and then the drums kind of let's listen to that again, because the drums come back in and then the bleed comes back in and then it comes cuts back out. So it's almost like maybe he wasn't happy with those snare fills and they redid mm-hmm. them. Let's let's listen. 
<laughs> something yeah. you, you definitely never notice in the actual recording. Um, nope. But yeah, it could have been just like, he was just like, ah, that was that was our best performance as a band, but there was those two little snare fills I wasn't happy with. They could have just punched him in, but just just hitting them out because it, it almost sounds like, not to belabor it, but I want to listen one more time. I, just, I wonder if the rest of the kit is there if you're just hearing the snare. Let's listen. Kind of sounds like it. Yeah, I wonder if that was just the snare. Oh, yeah, Richie in the background. I'll listen to that. They get this like tribal drum. Nice. And... Listen to the reverb on that. It's such such a departure from yeah. the drums. You can still hear that tambourine going too, but they had the tambourine and that kind of tribal mm-hmm. work he was doing on the fills on the on the toms. But that was kind of interesting, and I almost so, I, I'm not sure if that solo that you hear bleeding in is the actual solo that's on the album, or if it was just kind of something he was doing during that take. Maybe he may have he may have overdubbed something after the fact. But pretty cool, uh, pretty cool. I don't think I've ever really noticed that part as strongly as listening to it isolated like that no tambourine's still going strong though there's some cowbell back there it sounds like it's cowbell or like a bell of a cymbal or something. It kind of almost reminds me of um, some kind of percussion back there, a percussive instrument. Or, it, it, right? it reminds me of that that part in like Funk 49 where there's like that breakdown. And what happened in the studio was they, like everyone just started, they just started grabbing anything they could. And they actually took the keys out of their pocket and were shaking their keys <laughs> like in the microphones. So it gets like this like and like... Um, Breaking the Girl by the Red Hot Chili Peppers is another one where they they're like banging on pots and pans and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like it's got that kind of like uh, that frenzied feeling of like this escalating uh, percussion that's just building and building, basically banging on anything you can find around. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that's something they were doing. It could be a cowbell. It's, it's hard to like the tambourine is really muted in the back. It sounds it's not up front at all. And all of this other stuff, too, is um, it's just kind of I love that sort of stuff, just layering percussion after percussion. And it just sounds really mm. cool. Let's see what the rest of this is.
Hmm. How wow. about that? That was, uh, that was pretty good. I mean, I um, I don't think that I I gained a ton of new insight. Um, I mean, it's always cool to hear um, isolated tracks, but I I feel like it's um, you know, Ian Pace doing a really um, really solid job. You know, it, it, like a basic um, you know, drum beat, but only the way that he can because it's like um, you know, I really. I've always like thought too. It's like I, I, you know, I'm not a a drum guy, but it's just like I just always felt when I've heard Ian Pace play, like I know that it's him, you know. And it's like I'm usually like that with like guitar players, and you know, because it's the instrument that I love and you know focus on. And I'm really not one of those people that are like, oh, I can tell it's such and such on drums because it's I, th I think it's kind of hard, you know. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, a drummer or you love, you know, drums. But, you know, I think that he's got a really distinct way of playing that's obviously, you know, spoken to me. But, um, you know, I think he's like um, probably the, the most interesting stuff that he did in there was like it, it had to have been like, you know, like really heavily reverbed and like uh, overdubbed drums after the solo section, mm -hmm. that tribal part. Um, which like I said, I don't think anything too crazy or technical, like, you know, like the, like the, uh, the burn drum tracks, like listening to those was like mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Um, but these were still, um, you know, really good, you know, and like you said, interesting to hear how almost dry they were in some, you know, parts where you could tell that they were maybe, uh, you know, overdubbed or cut and pasted, you know, which you would never notice otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he's got a really distinct swing to his style and uh mm. I mean he's one of the best. No no denying it. All right. So, let's let's get a take a listen here to the bass. Here comes Roger. It's, it's 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 got a real it must be his Rickenbacker it's got a real like treble punch to it is uh nice snarl to it it's almost sounds like he's coming in at like ahead of the beats at, at some yeah I was times. gonna say it's it was it was kind of cool to hear that he was not like completely in time like it like I heard that too like and maybe the beginning one of the beginning middle parts where it sounded like he was a little bit ahead of the beat mm-hmm I, and you know we can we can keep mentioning it over and over. That's one of the things that makes some of these songs so great is that they're not precision. Yep. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could have you could have them all lockstep, and it wouldn't. It, but of course, like he's coming in maybe a little late. Richie's maybe coming a little early. Maybe John somewhere in the middle, or who knows? But when when you string it all together, that's what gives mm. it that sound. And having them all come in, you know. There might be just millisecond gaps between them, but that's what that's what makes it sound so cool. And yeah. um, I seem to remember we had that same thing with listening to Burn with Glenn's bass. Like like there was I forgot which part of the song it was, but there was a part where it's like it almost sounded off. But then of course you know <laughs> during the song mm -hmm. it sounds perfect. Um, uh, but but isolated it just it sounded a little off. But let's hear what he's doing during the uh, verse here. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, so it's uh, so it's pretty interesting. He's got a little bit, little something going on there in the, in the in the chorus. Uh, some doing some nice little slides and things, and then mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the, then he just obviously everyone's matching that chromatic thing. That's the whole, that's the whole kind of drive of the song. The whole, and I know when Richie's been interviewed, he just said that all he had for the song was just. Um, you know, dur, 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 dur. he had that, that chromatic thing and he's, and he brought it to Ian Gill and he's like, all I can think of is, uh, come on, come on. And he's like, well, let's just do, you know, let, let's, you, you can write something better. And Ian was like, no, that sounds good to me. <laughs> they just kept it, uh, which is great. I mean, it's like one of the most distinctive parts of the song, right? Yeah. Come on, come on. So it's like probably like one of Richie's few, uh, lyric writing credits. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's kind of funny when you get those things like that in a, in a band or if you're writing songs and you're just like, ah, I just throw this out there. Well, well of course we're not going to leave that. We'll 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 think of something better later, and then you just get used to it, and you're like, well, no, that's that's what it is and now. Then, and then later you're like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's good enough. <laughs> yeah, with, with Ian Gillen, Ian, Mister, you know, he's writing the lyrics to the concerto like uh, in the cab ride over. So of course he's going to be like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, good. Come on, sounds good. All right. To the next part here. Let's get that little ring after each note, too. Nice. Oh, it sounds like he missed a note there. Sounds like he might have. He might have. Some, sometimes when you do like a, a, a fill that's that good, you get so excited that you just like, oops, <laughs> you forget the next part. Or, or he, or he, like he, you know, uh, uh, purposely omitted it, like left a, you know, he could have been. But sometimes there. you just like you do this great little run and you're like, yeah, and then you're like, oops, I need to be back up here, <laughs> and I don't have <laughs> enough time to listen to that again. And honestly, it doesn't matter. It sounded ma- like he missed that first note. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't even matter either way. It's one of those no. things that you could totally play it off as like, oh, yeah, I meant to leave that out there for just for effect, <laughs> or it could have been a mistake. But either way, it doesn't matter. It sounds great. There's one of those notes that sounds off in the verse like and maybe it's just because i'm hearing it isolated with no other context it almost sounds like the wrong note but he's playing it every time we did a pretty good job of isolating everything on this yeah
Voice. is not going to be a ton of craziness here. <laughs> just been backing up the guitar solo. And every, everybody else is doing this and Roger's just done, 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 done. <laughs> but I mean, it's so cool though. I mean, I, I wonder if that little high pitched buzz, I mean, it could be anything. It could be like a loose screw in the cab or something that it's getting mic'd or maybe it's just, but I, you don't hear it in the, in the final product. But this is when all the crazy percussions starting up and going, and then yeah. here we go. Nice. Yeah. Roger's always just going off in the background. I love it. from the more I think he just sounds like our buddy Paul and I thought Paul Paul's a great ear he must have just been really listening very closely to Roger Glover's bass parts <laughs> done. Done. <laughs> the end and done that was that was really uh, that was really neat here on that I yeah. mean, um, uh, again, it's another part that I think is uh, just really brilliant in its simplicity. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, he's just got those great fills that he throws in. It's just sound awesome. He's sliding all up on the neck. He just jumps to the octave here and there. just keeps it really interesting. But none of that really is jumps out or is distracting at all when you're listening to the main song. No, well, I mean, you know, he's not... He's not doing too much crazy stuff in there, you know? I mean, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. Dun, dun. Yep. Well, I mean, I was actually wondering, like, all right, like, I like, there's so much going on in the song. I'm like, I wonder what we're going to hear in the verse. And then the verse was like, oh, wow, that's actually really, like, simple. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was going to be some crazy shit that I'm like, wow, I can't believe that's happening under there because of, who knows with like all the, like everything that was going on in the song, which we'll probably hear, you know, in the next couple of tracks. Yep. <clears throat> Speaking of which, so we've got um, Richie's guitar track here. So Richie's guitar track, uh, you'll notice is all in the left <gasps> channel. And then when we get to when we get to the organ, it's all on the right channel. So they're there they go. appear to be hard panned. Um, mm-hmm. Although there is a little during, I think it's the chorus. There's a slight um, organ in the left channel, but it's almost entirely in the right channel. So I don't know how this is going to come out on the podcast. Hopefully, it's not too weird listening to it all on one channel. Um, mm-hmm. If it is, maybe I'll just edit it after the fact so that it's not like that. But here we go. Here's Richie. 
Sounds like the organ. Yeah, I was gonna say, you sure that's Richie? Yeah, this is the organ track. Yeah, how the hell does he get his guitar to sound like that? Maybe I just labeled the track wrong. No, you know what? Oh, it just you must know be, what? Maybe, it, maybe second, it was a, the organ. It's a second organ track. Yeah, I was gonna say that wasn't that was not a guitar. Oh, so, I was so, not expecting this. He's almost doing like a like a wow. It's a blues thing. kind of sounded a little Beatles-esque there what he was doing <laughs> really these chunky guitar stabs here wow So you know what might end up happening is they might use some of the organ track for the guitar solo or something and they put some of the organ track on this one. He does that little weird thing where he goes like, it sounds like he's going from like a major chord to like a seventh chord and then, and then into the, then right into the, oh, listen to this, damn funky. Jeez. So I feel like there's a lot to process here. So you've got <laughs> yeah, we got to stop for a minute. So so <laughs> this, there's so much to talk about. So maybe this song is more organ heavy than we even thought. I mean, obviously it's the the organ is kind of what you think about when you think of the song, but it sounds like the the guitar is really minimal. Like yeah, even because using I mean part of this track for extra organ. Yeah, I didn't pick up any of this. No. Um, in the song, like the 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 bluesy part, like um, like in the during the the verses, like I never heard that. No, that and that just raking the strings basically, chicka 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 chicka. And then I mean, to me, that just like you know, like just kind of like remind you what a great percussive player he was. Oh, absolutely the best. All right, let's see where he takes it from here. And it sounds so overdriven. You know he's not taking it easy on those strings. Oh, God, no. just cuts out completely it's just a complete there's a there's like a second or two of silence let's listen to that again and then it goes into the next part <laughs> what's he doing here he's just like he's almost just like poking the breaking the string against the pickups 
because it might be like scratching the strings with some like delay something like that yeah it's like it's like adding to that percussion section i think because i always thought that was the organ that might have been part partially organ for or yeah. i mean again it might be the organ i don't know Yeah, I'm thinking there might be something hiding out on that organ track. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I don't know if that thing in the middle, like I'm just kind of back and forth between like, is that a John Lord organ track or is that him doing some crazy shit on the guitar? Like I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. Let's check it out again and let our uh, listeners chime in eventually. (laughs) I feel like that part could be a guitar. But it could also be an organ. Yeah. But I feel it's more likely to be a guitar than the one at the beginning. It sounds like like some like somebody put like a bit crusher effect or something on it. But then at the end, it's the organ right here. Or at least that sounds like an organ. It's at, it's at the very least, it's some organ bleeding in. Um, but that 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 weird like clockwork effect. Yeah, I, I mean that what... could easily be made by a guitar, but I mean it's just like it's very. Um, if it is, it's like it's, it, was, it's, it sounds like pushing the strings against the pickups. A unique sound to have uh, gotten out of that. Yeah, and then the guitar coming out of that um, just sounded really frantic. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I know it sounds like that when it's in the song, but on its own, it kind of has that same effect of like, um, you know, the, you know, the, like, um, like crazy train, the, yep. the run that Randy does after going off the rail on a crazy train, he goes, you know, he does yeah. that really frantic, you know, run going it's up like, the it's neck. It's like almost everything. like a chromatic, like, yeah. like he's starting the same thing on and just keeps yeah. moving it up a half step. Yeah. And, and, and I'm pretty, I pretty sure I mentioned it on that episode too, that, you know, that and this have that same effect of sounding like, you know, when the, the playing sounds like you're, you're spiraling out of control, like, mm-hmm towards something you know which in this case would be the you know the the, the next chorus yeah, makes sense for um, the song which is a really cool effect because it gives you that that feeling inside of like whoa something's happening yeah. i can't i don't know what i can't control it <laughs> so it's really neat <laughs> i like that there was all right so far that is the the most that i've heard that's like okay, like I did not pick up any of this in the original song ever. Yeah, there was obviously the 
uh, in Roger's part, there were those some of those fills and stuff that aren't aren't noticeable during the the fully mixed song. But in this one, yeah, it's like it's just a mm-hmm. complete. And that's the great thing about Deep Purple is when you play that guitar track and that organ track isolated, it's you're you're always hearing the combination of the two. So when you hear them both by themselves, it's very um, yeah, it's very eye opening as to how they got that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talked about other songs before, and there's. You, you, sometimes you're just not able to even tell or you something you thought was a guitar all along wasn't um, mm-hmm. but it's really cool stuff alright let's take a look so now if you look at the organ track it's kind of the opposite you've got the bulk of the track is in the right channel but we do have these what looks to be on the um, choruses you do have something coming on coming through in the in the left channel but for all we know that might be some more guitar I don't know So let's take that's a what I was thinking but we'll see Okay. <laughs> so obviously the you know that the is main the, riff. the sound of space truck and it's coming yeah. from the organ there. That's the main riff, yeah. You hear the drum bleeding through a little. in stereo here. So what you've got there is mm-hmm. you've, you basically have the bass keys where he's just on with his left hand and then you've got the actual chords being plucked out on his right hand seeming mm-hmm. to be that one might be in the right channel and it might be the bass notes in the left channel. It's hard to tell. Let's see. Or maybe they're balanced between the two. Sounds pretty balanced to me. The waveform doesn't look balanced though. It's odd. just mirroring kind of what Richie's playing on that left channel. Like always give it that little kind of swing. That that little percussive swing almost. Now we're going just about to go into the next section, but yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, you so they're they're freeing up a lot of space in those channels. So you're probably during that chorus hearing. I'm not sure how Gillen's vocals are going to be panned. Uh, it's probably just completely stereo on his vocals. Um, but yeah, doing some really cool interplay with the with the with the panning of the channels here too. This is when Richie's raking across the strings here. Mm-hmm. 
this is like what we were talking about when we, you know, recently did the um, Battle Rages on, and you know, pre- prior to that too, even just the last two albums, is this is the John Lord sound that you just don't hear on mm-hmm. a lot of the reunion stuff. Like you hear it on Perfect Strangers, but you don't hear it so much on House of Blue Lights, Slaves and Masters. You don't hear it so much on Battle Rages on, and that's kind of to me what makes those albums a little bit more underwhelming than they should be, even though there's some good tracks on them. Mm-hmm. But, but this is just raw and aggressive, and it's got that great distorted sound. And Hell yeah. It's great, but here we go. more of that. And that's funny. There's like a whole, there's a gap there. But that sounds exactly like what we heard on the other track. Well, not exactly. It sounds the same. Yeah. But it's not exact. So it's like, did he, did, maybe they just did two tracks of, maybe. of John like- doing... Yeah, Whatever. like they had one of them on the guitar track and the other one here, and they kind of, you know, staggered them a little bit. Maybe they were both organs. I don't know. But it's odd that you've got this little gap here where there's nothing. So I don't know what's going on with that, but let's, just, let's listen to the nothing and get back into the rest of this part. strange just like yeah sometimes it just doesn't <laughs> i mean it's all these crazy little imperfections that you just can't hear at all on the actual song <laughs> i mean this in of itself sounds terrible but <laughs> it works so well in the song i know it's like how can that be what's going on under there Yeah, another another great track. Another great track. Tracks. The um, tracks. I mean, the organ. The organs. You know, other than that weird percussive thing, or whatever the hell that is, the organ is kind of what what drives the. This tends to be where at least where my ear goes on the song anyway. So it's not like it's, mm-hmm. it's driving that main riff and everything. The guitar yeah. is probably the most surprising part of the song, but. 
I would say, yeah. You know, um, I mean, there's still, it's great hearing the organ on its own um, because even though it is the main driving you know, force of the song, um, it's just, it's, uh, it's cool to hear um, all these different parts too, because you just, um, you hear them like not being completely like in time or maybe like, you know, hitting like another note, like for a split second, you know, by mistake or something. And it's just, it's really cool to just hear them just be people, you know, on this and not just hear the iconic track. Yeah. And on its I, own, you know? I think we talked about this in previous, uh, isolated tracks episodes, but yeah, there's so many imperfections there that in a modern environment would just be scrubbed out things yeah, that are nice to so it. easy to do. Like you can, you can go through a vocal track now and just remove every single inhale. Like before, you know, you, the singer's going to take a big, big breath before delivering a line. You could just easily edit those all out seamlessly and it sounds perfect. But in this, you're yeah. going to, I'm sure in this track, we're going to hear Ian Gillen and a lot of exhales and, or inhales. And, um, you care a lot of little, like, I don't even call them flubs, but like just little imperfections. And I, don't, I think that that would make like, if you, if you played a, um, you know, track isolated tracks from today, I just don't think they'd be interesting as interesting, you know, just because this stuff makes it interesting because you're just hearing them like, you know, going back there and recording it for real or like, even like, uh, you know, like the, the drum tracks where we heard that, like that obvious cut and paste or some of the weird gaps in there where we're just like, Oh, maybe they, they inserted a rest in there or something like that, you know, where there was no instruments. It's just weird to, you know, uh, I'm sorry, cool to see how they, you know, just kind of put everything together, you know, as opposed to, you know, like you said, if you heard like a, a guitar or vocal track just being cut and pasted, you'd be like, I mean, okay, it's the guitar or vocal track. Whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing to pick apart. Yeah. And I mean, like no the, human uh, elements to pick apart. A lot of it's the, you know, the technology at the time and you, mm -hmm. you, with, the, with the Beatles, they were recording everything on, on four tracks. So you might get well, this track has all of the drums and a brass section. And this track has like all the guitars and this track has the bass and the vocals. And then, you know, you've got this, it's just incredible that they were able to get stuff done like that back then. And, you know, we heard that what might've been a punch in earlier where they punched in that snare fill me, mm -hmm. it's just a guess. Um, like that sort of stuff nowadays would be seamless. Well, for one thing, you could just put it on a separate track. You could blend it over. You wouldn't even, I mean, I've done it countless times using mm -hmm. my stuff to just, things that would have been impossible for me to do 25 years ago i can just i could do that now and nobody would ever be able to tell that that was punched in separately um mm. so it's on one hand it's really nice <laughs> to be able to do that um yeah but you lose a little something if you overdo it but, right all right so here we go the final track what you've all been waiting for Gillen. and that is gillen's vocals let's take a listen well, we had a lot of we always had a ball on Mars We're beeping all the groovy people We rock the Milky Way so far We dance around with Borealis We're space trucking around the stars So you can hear on almost every single an inhale. line you're hearing an inhale. You're hearing... 
(laughs) (laughs) which i know we we did on um on um um highway star too yep i mean you can you can even just look at the waveform here but you know come on big inhale come on big inhale you can just see it you can see them coming right um which is great, you know, and again, you, people aren't pick, picking up on that, but it's also, um, I think your brain doesn't necessarily process it because that's what people do when they talk. They breathe. Um, yeah. Well, let's listen to, let's listen to him do the chorus here. Come on! Come on! Come on! Let's go space trucking! Come on! Come on! Come on! Space So, interestingly, um, what we haven't talked about yet is this very, very heavily affected vocal, um, which it doesn't really come across on the, on the full recording that it's that there's, there's that much delay on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, really, it's, it's almost like with listening to it isolated, it's almost too much, but obviously it works great with the song. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, I I would like to, um, it's too bad that we couldn't hear it isolated without the effects on it, but they, they might've just recorded it with effects on it, but right. Right. Be interesting to hear it just, you know, dry. That's the other thing you can do today. You know, you can, you record everything dry and then you put on the effects after the fact. Mm -hmm. And that's another great luxury because I mean, you had to really be on the top of your game to know that if you were committing this to tape with this reverb and all that, or with this particular sound, that it was going to work. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you'd get the, some of these sounds is maybe in the in the moment they, they would have said they would have changed something, but they said, well, it's too late. We've already committed to it. And then that's what you end up getting. Um but uh, yeah, this is this is a bold move to put this much reverb or mm-hmm. reverb and uh, delay on it. But let's see where he goes from here. Space trucking. Remember when we did the moon shot? Why did we do this one already? Yeah. Space trucking. The fable that we rode was moving, but now we got a new machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great um that that would be a great little isolated. I feel like you should put that one in the jingles folder just in case we need it for something. <laughs> Maybe we were like, hey John, you want to listen to the tracks? Yeah, 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 the That's yeah, good. go ahead. That's good. That's good. I'll have to look at that one after post production here. All right. They got music in the solar system. They rock around the Milky Way. They dance around with Boreas. The space trucking every day. Pretty great. Wow. You know what I noticed is like when he came down from the screams, he was like very 
like measured. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he was, he was all, almost like he was a lot more uh, quiet than I thought he would be. Yeah, he made that transition um, a lot smoother than it should have been. <laughs> then he just brings it down. He's he's really going off there at that one point. Where, yeah. where is that? Is it here? Yeah, see when he gets back down there, he's like <laughs> he's like he's like a split personality sort of thing. <laughs> but I mean I think it's like if he was doing that live, I think he the the energy still would have been up for that the Borealis part, but it's like in the studio setting he probably was like you know, brought it down to like, you know, almost like a, a lower level than, you know, uh, you know, probably for recording purposes than he would have if he were singing it live. Yeah, but, it was it was it was calm compared to what he was yeah. singing even previous previous to the screaming. Yeah. Well, because he probably was, you know, not dancing around in front of thousands of people and headbanging and stuff. So it's plus you're trying to lay down a studio vocal. So you want it to sound good. All right. Let's hear this uh, chorus here. And then you get a lengthy uh, instrumental break, and then we come right back into it here. Come on! Come on! And this part sounds different. Like it sounds like it was done a different day or something. It's very, uh, just has a different timbre to it. Come on! Come on! Oh, but. I think that part was uh, was recorded separately. Like, are they are they punched yeah. it in? Because it sounds like mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a gap there. Space trucking. And that's it. <laughs> the end. The, that was kind of anticlimactic because everything else was like, -na -na -na. and yeah, he's just like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> the end. See you later. That was, that was still pretty uh, cool to listen to. Um, you know, I just love hearing classic Gillen and his prime doing what he does. I think the hearing the vocals isolated almost always to me is just it's just incredible. Like I, I feel like there was I know there was a part on Burn where I like literally had goosebumps. It was just so so cool. And same with Highway Star. Same with this. It's just like the the I mean, it's cool to hear the instrumentation. That's always really interesting because you hear what those variations are. But just hearing mm -hmm. the the raw talent and skill of a, of a, of a singer in the studio with limited resources in those days, laying down a, just a, a flawless vocal track is just mind blowing. 
Um, I, and I but, almost wish we could know. hear what it would sound like without the effect on it. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, but even with the I effect, mean, I it's pretty awesome. I remember when um, the, the um, and I want to say it's when the um, isolated track or isolated vocal thing became really popular at least that I can remember the first one that I remember hearing about was um, uh, Van Halen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I want to say, ugh, I don't know, maybe it was, it was Panama or something like that. And the whole thing was, is like, listen to how shitty David Lee Roth was as a singer. And it's like, but I mean, if you listen to an isolated studio track of a vocal, then it's going to, especially from that era, like anywhere from like then to like, was it this like 10 years later or more? Like it's still going to sound not perfect. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't really prove anything because it's like any, you know, imperfections or, you know, whatever you could pick out from this. Once you put it together with all the tracks, you hear the classic song that you love and you've heard a million times. And it's like all those little you know, breaths or, you know, things that are like, you know, a millisecond off don't matter. It's what makes the song. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying David Lee Roth is, is Pavarotti, but, um, or as good of a vocalist as uh, Gillen, right. He's not Gillen, but I feel like that's one of those things. Like we talk about that just gets parroted. Oh, David Lee Roth is a terrible singer, blah, blah, blah. But I, like, would that have occurred to, if you hadn't heard other people talking about it and just listen to the, Listen to the classic Van Halen stuff on the radio that you hear. Like, sounds pretty damn good to me. And then what I remember when I heard those isolated tracks, to me, honestly, I thought he was a better singer than I would have given him credit for. Like, I, I, mean, I, I know, heard the 19, uh, the 1984, I heard the jump isolated uh, vocals. And to me, was, I was just like, wow, he actually sounds better than I would have given him credit for. Yeah, I just think that, like, you know, the whole point being is, is that you could listen to any... Sure. isolated vocal track and and you know, just think whatever you want. I mean, I think that they, like you, I think that it's fascinating. Um, I mean, any isolated track, you know, when I heard that there was an isolated one for, I think, Crazy Train, it was like, that's what I used to learn to play the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and just thought like, wow, this is so cool because just like these tracks, I'm picking up these little things like that. I'm like, oh, wow, I never knew that that was how this part of the song went, you know, and you could you know, you could think that for like every individual track. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just like, it's really, it's really cool. I wish there was, you know, a way for us common folk to get our hands on our, or be able to, you know, um, produce isolated tracks for like whatever music we wanted to, because. Well, the technology is coming real fast. Like I'd be going nuts with it. They've got those AI. Um, well, Scott's always talking about this, uh, extract stems from mm-hmm. audionamics um uh, i i have not um gotten my hands on a copy of that but um i don't i don't even know how much it costs i mean you never know with some some of those plugins it could be it could be 30 bucks it could be four thousand dollars <laughs> yeah but, that's a little more than the uh the average joe six pack such yeah. as myself would be willing to spend to hear uh you know um i don't know um you know some uh some uh kiss song like lick it up uh, isolated tracks or something well, it really it really depends <laughs> on how good it is too like if, if i could be guaranteed i gotta talk to scott about that um and if i forget to do that he'll probably listen to this and follow up with me <laughs> um but i wonder like how good is it and if it and if it is good i mean we could use it to do different 
Deep Purple songs and mm. um, or whatever, because uh, I'd I'd love to to get into it. But but I know they used this AI for that Beatles uh, Get Back documentary that came out last year. They mm-hmm. used like AI to f- to separate things out, and it's just amazing what they were able to do. Um, of course, they <laughs> probably had a little bit bigger budget than we do, um, but but that technology is advancing quickly. So it'd be interesting to, to see, cause if you could do it, and I'm sure it depends on the recording too. Like some recordings probably easier than others, depending on how they're produced or EQ'd, but um, be really interesting to, to get down to it. And all of these multi-tracks exist somewhere. Somebody has got access to them and, and wouldn't it be, mm. you know, they don't, they're, they, they guard those very closely because it's all copyrighted stuff and, and all that. No, but, I know, I know which deep purple song you would, you would try and do. I mean, just about anyone. Yeah, but I mean, I I have an idea I mean, of which one you vo- would be most. The vocals for this time around. Uh, well, you're you're in the right album. Um, getting tighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that middle part of getting tighter. Woo! <laughs> I got you just that wanting would... to like extract like all like fifteen tracks like uh, to be like, what the hell is happening in here? That would be a great. Uh, just Glenn, Glenn's woo would be a great uh, isolated jingle <laughs> just the yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, but yeah things like that would be like you you know like you you listen to it and you're just like okay there's like so much happening here i can just i have to just enjoy this like i can't even think about all the individual things that are happening but to be able to would be pretty cool yeah and realistically though the only things we're really going to be able to get our hands on for decent isolated tracks are going to be Mark two thing. You know, we have good, good tracks for burn, but everything else mm-hmm. I think is going to be Mark two. And it would be great to hear some other, some other lineups too. even just like imagine hearing isolated tracks from, from the Rod Evans stuff or whatever. This, wow. So there's that would be something else. Endless possibilities, but. But I don't anyway. think anybody's uh, rushing to, um, you know, isolate um, the shield. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't, don't think you don't think Anthem is going to be in the next rock band? <laughs> <laughs> no, April well, they like have that. April in the next rock band. It's freaking oh twelve minutes. Can you long. imagine? <laughs> Come I mean, on, I, you're almost there. Do those do those uh, do the first sweep arpeggios I, in metal ever? I keep messing up on that Bach fugue <laughs> on the six minute mark. <laughs> Oh man, the audience is booing. Are they booing because I'm getting it wrong? Or are they booing because this is not a good song to play live? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, before we wrap up, folks, we have to do something, and that is, of course, to thank. Who do you think we're going to thank? Our foundation level patrons. You got that right. All right. <laughs> you got that, my people. Oh, yeah. All right, coming at the three dollar and thirty three cent halfway to evil tier, we have Raf Calf, and then Heyo, patron Hey-o. upgrade, Spike the Rock Cat, and Heyo, Heyo, patron. <laughs> the subdued Heyo. Like, like, come on, Heyo, let's get going. Hey-o. Let's move it. <laughs> um, Spike's mom. Did I say Spike's mom? Yes, Spike's no. mom. Thank you so much for your uh, for your upgrades. We really appreciate it. Then coming in at the three dollar nobody's perfect tier, we have Peter Gardo, Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Duncan Leesk, Stuart McCord, Flight of the Rap Bat Blue Light, Ivan Fjellboo. Runar Siemensen. It's a great life. 
and J.J. Stenard. Coming in at the $1 made-up name tier, we have the isolated coffin leaky mausoleum. Steven Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic. Hank the Tank. We Oh, man, I feel like I should be saying Spike the Rock Cat now. Um, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, Blackmore Tights, and John Maselli. Well, I'll tell you what, come back in 20 minutes. Make it 30. 45 tops. <laughs> unless, unless there's a necktie on the door, then go home. <laughs> Oh, that boy. horny bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that horny bastard, Tony Maselli. Oh, thank you so much. Well, um, hmm. I love how he was a housekeeper, but like everything, like his whole life revolved around just like it. It's like, oh, look at this house. It's clean. It's just like his whole life revolved around like housekeeping. <laughs> no, it's, like that so was his persona. His, his, his persona was I'm horny and I like things clean. <laughs> I mean, what more do you need? Huh. Oh, I know people like that. Okay. <laughs> They're horny, but they like to keep it clean. <laughs> hey, I'm saying they like to keep it dirty, but they like to keep it clean. <laughs> Capiche? Capiche. Uh, all, right. all right, folks. Well, thank you so much. If there is a, uh, if you guys have access to any deep purple multi-tracks for whatever reason that we don't have um let us know if there's any other songs that you'd be interested in and we'll uh we'll see about well maybe we'll experiment with separating some tracks out ourselves see what we can do but until then thank you so much to all of you for checking us out and listening to us shorter episode for you this week but we'll be back at you next week with an action-packed episode about what nobody knows oh all right i'll check you next week my friend oh hey Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. <laughs> hey, look, Glenn is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs>